everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 318. And tonight we are back on schedule. We are talking about two episodes of Lore Olympus. We are going to be talking about 197, which is out now for free. And then we're going to talk about 198, which we saw with the Fast Pass. But as time this episode drops, it won't be out for a couple days. But we're going to give spoiler warnings before both those things. And I think it's going to be a pretty quick review for both of these things, especially for the second episode. Yeah. But for the first episode, okay, I will have to admit you called it about who was the mysterious person who was attacking Persephone at the end of the last episode. I thought for sure it was Hermes, but it was not. Nope, it was Ares. And Ares is just... He's so true to form this entire episode. Because he's been assigned with Athena by Zeus to guard the border of the underworld to keep anybody from, like, breaking the boundaries, I guess. Because, of course, I'm not even sure what they were guarding. Were they, like, trying to keep people from going to the mortal realm or trying to keep people from the underworld from going to Olympus? I mean... He said specifically spies. Spies going in or out of the underworld. That's all he said. Okay. So he's supposed to be doing that. But what is he doing when he sees Persephone? He is flirting. And, I mean, he is just... He is such a sex pest. I mean, I know that's a word used for a lot of people who are horrible in modern day. With Ares, it's really kind of funny, especially since Persephone isn't scared of him. I mean, even though he's being very domineering and obviously not taking hints, but I never really got the sense from her that she felt threatened by him. She was really annoyed by him. I love she actually tells him at one point, you absolute trash can of a god, would you focus? Hilarious. And she even kicks him in the balls at one point. And she's trying to figure out, I mean, he's really going after And she finally says, what is this about? And then she goes, Aphrodite finally dumped you. Yep. And Aphrodite got married. And Ares Mm -hmm. is quite traumatized. But he said something like, all I ever did was abandon her for years at a time and then talk about how hot you are. And so, yeah. But I think that's really fascinating because I did that fan art of... It was an interpretation of a famous painting of Ares and Hephaestus and Aphrodite. Mm-hmm. But I really thought this was just kind of a, oh yeah, this will never happen because Hephaestus has no interest in getting married to anybody, certainly not Aphrodite. Do you suppose maybe that's actually what happened? I mean, that's the traditional myth. They yeah. all say that it was also that it was Zeus's idea that he married Hephaestus and Aphrodite to keep Aphrodite from creating problems. So I don't know if this was her choice or if it's Hephaestus's choice. So, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing this it's probably going to be traumatic. I, I imagine so. I just, I was remembering a retelling of Hephaestus marrying Aphrodite and it was like a almost like a child's, not a child's retelling. It was very simplified, and I don't know how much basis it has in actual mythology, but the story was all of the gods coming to give Aphrodite presents and everything that they could possibly think of that she would want, and they're trying to, like, bribe her into picking them. And Hera whispers something to Hephaestus, and Hephaestus goes to Aphrodite and says, would you marry me? I work nights. And Aphrodite accepts him right away. And then at the wedding, all of the other gods meet with Aphrodite separately so she can tell them when to stop by to bring their gift. Oh, wow. Yeah. So maybe it's something like that. Although we still haven't determined how long Hera has been in this coma in order to arrange things like that. 
But we will get more onto that in the next episode. Yes. So <laughs> Persephone's just like, okay, I've got to go and declare my feelings to Hades now. And Ares is like, well, you can't. Well, all right. No, I'm leaping ahead. First of all, he tells Persephone that Athena has gone to yell at Zeus for failing her again. And then he lets slip that Zeus has been letting everybody know that Persephone has been sitting on her ass and letting the mortal realm go to complete shit and not doing anything at all. And that's why he's been failing her. And I love that Persephone, all she has to do is scream, oh my God, the mortal realm has been immaculate for years. And Ares is like, okay, I get it. My dad's a liar. He does that a lot. Yeah. So he didn't even question that, that, that Zeus had been lying about that. Nope. But now she wants to go ahead and get on to talking to Hades and tries to leave. And Ares is like, well, you can't just leave. I mean, my dad will kill me. And he agrees to let her go. He says, you know, I'll let you go if you will accept a dinner date. And she says, coffee. And he said, a lunch date. And she said, one lunch date, and I don't want to see your penis. And he says, deal. (laughs) (laughs) She's not scared of him, but she knows him exactly. I mean, she just... She has no illusions about what he's like. So anyway, he does actually let her go, but he tells her nobody's seen Hades in years and he hasn't even been in the underworld himself. So he has no idea what to expect. And he tells her to be careful. And I thought that was that was a nice little scene there, because I think mm-hmm. they're always surprising us with Ares because he is an absolute trash can of a god. I mean, even mm-hmm. back in the regular mythology, I think it was in the um, the Delaire's book of Greek myths that we had when we were growing up. And they talked about yep. the fact that, yeah, he goes charming charging into battle and then gets hurt and then goes running crying to mom. So, but I mean, here they just, it's all of that. And yet he kind of has a heart of gold, I guess. I guess. I mean, he, he genuinely does like Persephone. I mean, obviously he's hot for her. A lot, of, a lot of the commenters were pointing out that 10 years has definitely gone by and she was, you know, a young woman at the beginning of her exile. And now she seems to have matured into an actual like grown woman and Aries nudist. Yeah. He had that discussion a couple of, a few episodes ago, actually with Zeus about how, I can't remember why he said he had pretty much discounted the idea automatically of getting to marry Persephone, but he Mm -hmm. said it would have been great if I had just to watch you squirm about it. And there was this imaginary picture of what, Persephone would have looked like if she'd been married to Ares. And she's wearing like the whole leather scale armor fury costume. Ooh, she did look hot. And I could see Ares really going for that. Oh, yeah. No problem. It's so funny that so many of the commenters, of course, just love Ares. And when she had said, you know, one lunch date and I don't want to see your penis. And one of the commenters is like, "Um, some of the Ares fans would like to see his penis. (laughs) (laughs) But that so she leaves and she comes to an entrance into the underworld, and there is something guarding the door. And the commenters weren't entirely sure what exactly. It looked like one of the shades from the underworld, but I don't I don't know. It, it looked very official. Yeah, and I couldn't quite figure that out afterwards because, all right, spoiler warning, we're going into the Fast Pass episode 198, but... The end of the episode, it looked like something had like grabbed onto the back of her cloak and was yanking her backwards. And then in the beginning of 198, she's like, what? And she's moving forward. And I thought there was like images of hands like coming around her sort of, but nothing actually impeded her. So I'm not sure what any of that was, or maybe because I wondered for a second, are we missing time? Did she just like lose a few minutes and we're going to see what happened 
later. Oh, oh that's entirely possible. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised because it does seem like anytime you're confused about what happens in this comic, a lot of times you're going to get it. Just it's going to take a few more issues and then you're going to see what it was that was confusing you. And so I don't, it really was unclear. So yeah, maybe that's what happened. Maybe she went into some kind of portal or whatever. Yeah. Oh. But what she sees when she goes into the underworld is that big tree that she grew of that building and it looks dead. Yeah. And everything is very, very quiet. And then she starts seeing some of the denizens of the underworld and they're all asleep. Every single one of them. She finally makes her way to Hades' place and he... There's a key under a rock, which she knew where it was. Because I was like, oh, how's she going to get it? Oh, of course she knows where the key is. Yeah. That was such a beautiful picture, though, where she's just like wondering if maybe he's not in. And she knocks on the window. And just the way that Rachel drew her smile was so pretty. But then, of course, she also looks down and she starts tugging at her little bodice so that her boobs are properly positioned. So she's really hoping that she can come in and be able to just delight Hades with getting to see her again. But he's nowhere to be found. And the dogs aren't there. And she thinks, well, maybe they're in doggy daycare. But no, she's not sure about that either. Then she notices a bad smell. And fortunately, it's the food in the refrigerator is all rotten. So whatever happened has been going on for some time now. Yeah. I was worried when she had a smell and I was like, oh, please, no, no dead dogs. Don't, no, don't please don't, don't do, do that. that. No, I don't, no. I don't think Rachel would do that to the dogs. I don't think, I, don't, I hope she wouldn't do that to the readers. Oh my God. But, yeah. <laughs> but what she does find is a pile of presents and they're all covered in dust, but they all have her name on the tags. And it's birthday presents. And Hades has obviously been buying her presents for her birthday every year in anticipation of giving them to her. And she opens up one of them and it's this beautiful dress with all this flowing fur and the fur cuffs and everything and the rest. I'm trying to think if it's something that the main character in Breakfast at Tiffany's wore. I'll have to look that up because it did look familiar, but oh, it was just so beautiful. And she says, oh, it fits like a glove. I'm being a bad vegetarian now, but I could just feel the quality in this. So (laughs) I could totally see her being like, oh, but just this once. (laughs) She goes into Hades' office and she sees his jacket and she kind of holds on to it for a second. She's like, no, I, I I don't need to wear his jacket. What is it? She says something like, I'm not that weak or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then you suddenly go, "Mm, yes, I am. And you see her (laughs) sitting at the desk wearing the jacket. And she notices a letter to her in his desk drawer. And this was the letter that he had written way back in the beginning of this series that his therapist thought that it would help him work out some of his feelings if he wrote a letter to Persephone, even if he didn't deliver it to her. And he's talking in the letter about how I've only known you for four days, but I really feel like there's a connection there. He's really attracted to her. And she's just delighted the idea that he was attracted to her that early. And I'm like, he was attracting you when he first saw you on the friggin' dance floor. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's gone way back to the beginning. So. <laughs> now, all right. So what was the transition at that point? Like, because something interrupts her. Was it just at that moment that something interrupted her? I think it was, actually. And it was somebody telling Persephone, we've been looking for you everywhere, or we've been waiting for you. And 
whoever it is steps out in the light and it looks like Hermes. However, the eyes look like Kronos. Yeah, there a lot of the commenters, everything that's been going on, just from the moment that she was going to enter into the underworld and there was that figure there, a lot of the commenters are like, oh, crap, what if it's a trap? You know, what if this is all like... I had, of course, somehow been thinking... I kind of thought it was because Hades went into mourning because of Persephone not being there. And he finally goes into a deep sleep and everybody goes into a deep sleep. And even the commenters are like, oh, my God, it's like Sleeping Beauty and she's going to wake the prince. Yay. But there's a lot of people who are like, what if all of this is because Kronos is attacked? The whole thing. And it's not anywhere tied to the whole idea of like the mortal realm being cut off from worshiping the gods and everything. I mean, what if it's an attack? It could be because, I mean, Kronos like notice the petals from the tree that she grew in the underworld drifting down to him. And now that tree is dead. And you have to wonder, did Kronos somehow manage to use the energy from that since it was created by a fertility goddess, which we're all admitting that's what Persephone is. Yep. So, and used it to escape. And that would explain why um, both Poseidon and Hera and possibly now Hades are all in a deep sleep because of what happened to them in the war against Kronos and Kronos left scars on all of them. Yeah. And so that would of course be where the episode ends right there, right there yeah. with this menacing version of Hermes telling her she needs to come with him right now. Oh man. And I could totally fast pass another episode at this point, but I'm like, no, <laughs> it's just, it, it just means it that much longer. You know, if you run out of coins, then I'd be waiting like three weeks for an update instead of just one. So, I know. Uh, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't, I'll be good. But, and that, I mean, that was it. I didn't go and look and see what the Laurel Olympians had to say about last week's episode. Um, shoot. I can't remember. I did. I read that every week. But um, yeah, I don't remember what it was. I'm already looking forward to reading tomorrow's to find out uh, oh, <laughs> what they said about this one, about the whole meetup with Aries. The person, thing, whatever, that was guarding the underworld, it did say something like, we've been waiting for you, my lady. And all these people are like, oh, it's because the underworld recognizes their queen. Because <laughs> a lot of people are still wondering, what the hell happened to that pomegranate that was growing mm. on the tree down um, in Tartarus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, remains to be seen. Oh, my God. I've got to go and start looking for some more Laura Lippis fan art. I haven't done a deep dive into fan art for a while. Oh, boy. Yeah, we need to do another gallery of uh, Laura Lippis fan art. That yeah, would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So in other news, I started watching the new Stranger Things. Yeah, and? Because I never watched season three. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, at least this theme definitely does not seem to be, oh my God, Will's lost. We have to find Will. But I will say two things. One, there is some gruesome body horror that happens both in episode one and two. Like, really? Like, Yeah, it's like somebody, somebody very dead. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, that was hard to watch. Wow. But the other thing is I stopped watching last night because it gets into teenage mean girl bully drama. Oh, oh, I just don't, I don't know if if I would do that. I mean, I always feel very lucky that you and I didn't have to go through what a lot of women go through. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was, we, you know, certainly had our times of being the nerdy kids at school and everything, but we were never like out and out targeted. And for that, I am extremely grateful. I am. And I don't, I mean, I guess we could probably sit and psychoanalyze why we weren't ever targeted. But I mean, I can't find any one factor that wouldn't apply to a bunch of people that were bullied. So who the heck knows? And it is is very hard to watch. And that sort of thing has been always hard for me to read as well. I, I love... 
um, Anne McCaffrey's Dragon Song and Dragon Singer. I've mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. loved that. But what the main character in those two books goes through at the hands of other people that are, are determined to beat her down can be really hard to read sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, never been my favorite thing. So I don't know. It'll all be worth it if, you know, the perpetrator gets a good comeuppance. But, you know, I have no idea. So I'd say the production values are definitely high and the acting's good and the story's interesting. It's just I got right into the middle of a section of that. And I was like, I just I can't do it right now. (laughs) It's just so anyway, I don't know. Have you watched any more Arcane? I have. I'm up to episode seven. Just finished that. That ended with the uh, the battle between the one on one battle between Jinx and Echo. That was kind of like a flashback. Back. Have you uh, watched that one yet? I think I'm actually just getting into it because, of course, I've, I've, I love the design on Echo, which is really very, very beautifully done. But yeah, I think the other night I paused it just as that was getting going. Yeah. And I mean, that battle and then the battle at the end of the previous episode, the one where it was Jinx against all of uh, Echo's minions flying around on those um, hover by, uh, hoverboards, yeah. whatever. Yes. I was stunning. I mean, just, I don't, because it's animation, so you can do anything and you don't have to obey the laws of physics. But somehow, just with the speeding up and the slowing down at strategic moments and the colors and the design and all the aesthetics and then the music and just, and that that one shot of Jinx when she decides to set off that flare that Vi gave her years ago, also just beautiful, especially since she's like, She's hallucinating all of the people from their old crew that got killed by the bomb that she set off. And they're yep. always like ghosts that are hanging around with her. And that's also beautifully done. So this series, man, I don't, I'm really curious to get to the end of this series and find out, is this going to be ongoing or is this series going to end us pretty much where the game gets started after they've established their everybody's origin story? So I'm, I'm certainly hoping it keeps going. But yeah, I mean, we've said before, this TV show is basically one long commercial for League of Legends, which mm-hmm. I am completely fine with. Oh, yeah. Advertise to me if you're going to do it that well. That's fine. Now, I've also been watching a few more episodes of season three of Love, Death and Robots. Okay, I haven't. I've only seen the one. Uh, what is it Tiny Death? Yeah, yeah, that little wow. miniature zombie apocalypse, which I've never seen anybody do a story quite like that, where the entire zombie apocalypse is done in teeny tiny little miniatures and speeded up really fast so everybody's voices is all high-pitched. Just, it's great. It's, it's fantastic. I read a review that said that the zombie apocalypse has been done so many times now and everybody takes it so seriously that really the only way we have left to tell it is just do it fast. <laughs> it's just so true. And it's another thing, the production values are high. Like, it's going by so fast and it's so tiny, but you can see all of the zombie tropes going through the entire thing from yep. beginning to end. It's really extremely well done. I think it was Kill Squad was another one that I watched. Mm-hmm. Violent. So freaking violent. I just, they really wanted to see how far they could push things and they push it really far. Oh boy. Okay. That's next on my list. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And now I have to mention before we forget about it, we got some news yesterday or the day before, I guess. (sighs) Raised by Wolves is canceled after two seasons. Son of a gun. And I still haven't even finished watching the second season. And now I don't know if I want to because everybody has been saying 
they kind of left it in the air. They did not yeah. resolve things the way a season finale usually would. Yeah. Yeah. All I'm hoping at this point, like the creators have said, you know, everybody needs to be real vocal. If you want to see it, maybe get picked up by somebody else and give it a real ending. And it could happen. I mean, it certainly happened with another other shows, mm-hmm. you know, that they another network picks it up and starts to do it. I mean, normally I would say Netflix. Netflix seems to be having its own problems right now. So I don't know if they want it. Right. I was actually um, I went to a game night uh, the other day. More on that later. And a lot of people are ditching Netflix now, but it's not for the whole password sharing thing. It's for the fact that they had Dave Chappelle do a special and he was punching down at the trans community and Netflix didn't really have anything good to say about that. And then they decided they were going to hire in a lot of, you know, emphasis on diversity, hiring in a lot of people that ordinarily wouldn't get considered because everybody's in corporate America is laser focused on just one dynamic. And then when they started having trouble, those were the first people that got let go. So I don't think they're handling things very well. And I'm, I need to sit, buckle down and um, finish watching everything because I'm afraid that Netflix will go away at some point or they will start piling in more ads and that will be irritating. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing I did start watching. I finally watched the first episode of uh, season one of uh, The Umbrella Academy. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are... That whole first season, I just re- finished rewatching the first season, and I really think it holds up. And it is just, it goes to places you do not expect. It's very weird. It's very sweet in places. It's very violent in others. It's just, it's very, very unpredictable. And I remember it being just a hair better than season two, but season two is still enjoyable. And season three starts later this month. Hey, yeah. I think Klaus is my favorite at this point of all Klaus the... is everybody's favorite. Oh, Klaus God. is his own favorite for sure. <laughs> just that one scene where Luther has everybody in the living room after their father has died and he's convinced that their father was murdered. And then it becomes clear, even though he didn't want to come out and say it, that he thinks it was one of them who managed to right. do it. Right. And everybody's just done. And they all get up and they start wandering away and Luther's like no wait hang on Klaus says yeah just a minute I've got to go and kill mom I'll be right back <laughs> he's just and he, he stays that way through the entire good I mean, he is just he's very fun to watch out of everybody I think he's the most fun but all the characters get their moment so it's Elliot Page plays Vanya now Elliot Page of course had not become Elliot Page at the time when this was first filmed but if you go into the Netflix credits, the name has been changed to Elliot Page. I noticed I that. It's really wonderful. Yeah. yeah. That was to go back and retcon the dead name out of there. I think it's just really respectful. And, of course, Elliot Page's character is going to become Victor Hargreaves. And I don't know how they're going to handle that in season three, whether or not they're just going to have the character go through the same journey that Elliot Page has gone through, or if they're just going to start it out and be like, here's Victor, you know, we don't know. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, if the production values are really high on this as well. Extremely, yeah, no, there's a lot of good stuff, a lot of great effects that happen, um, camera angles, all sorts of fun stuff. So I think you're going to, I think you're going to enjoy it. I really do. Well, the only other thing I had to talk about was I did do game night the other day at our friend's place. And the game that I, because I, I didn't, I'd met a bunch of people before then, but a lot of the other people there were completely new. And I come walking in to a game that's just getting started that I've never played before called Quacks of 
Wedlinburg, I think is how it's pronounced. Okay, and yeah. it's a magic potion game. And it is insanely complicated because everybody oh, wow. has their own little game board that they move their tokens around and a bag of ingredients that you reach in to grab at random. And then you can buy other ingredients. And there's a whole other board that keeps track of where everybody is moving around the game and what round you're on and everything. Wow. And I'm just like... You know, it's it's the usual thing, though, that I started out thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to grasp this. I might just, you know, resign myself to failing and having everybody have to walk me through it this first time. And like three rounds in, I'm like, I have got to land on a ruby square so I can get some more tokens. <laughs> but if I pull one more number three white ingredient out of my bag, my potion's going to explode. Oh, wow, that sounds fun. <laughs> so, yeah, I like that a lot. I would definitely want to play that again. I got to tell you, the whole tabletop community just fascinates me. You know, it's just we grew up playing various board games in our family. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't always the whole family, but certainly like all the classics, Monopoly, Candyland, Scrabble, you know, all these different games. And to realize that that is just the tiniest window into all of these games that exist. And people like trade games with each other. They know like this is this type of game and this is this type of game. And if you go outside and get a version of it from Germany, it actually looks like this. And people get like custom made holders for their games. Yeah, that was something when I heard about that ages ago about a company that's entirely devoted to making a holder for your board Mm -hmm. games and to keep all the little pieces sorted. And I thought, well, surely there's not a huge market in something like that. Yeah, there really is. Oh, it's crazy. People are always like, you see in the various companies that make these things in their Twitter threads, people are just like, oh, are you going to make one for this one? And is it compatible with this game? And it's just, people want to keep their games nice and they want to keep them all. And you know, when you usually break out the game out of the box, it's like all the token pieces were a little plastic bag that you had to tear open and the cards don't tend to fit in there just right. And the board gets all messed up. And so it's, it's insane. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so much fun though. Cause I think I've played a different game every time I've gone over to my friend Andrea's yes. place. Hi Andrea. And yeah, every time it's been fun. And I even brought over, um, the Lackadaisy card game that Ooh, I got for Christmas yes. one year. And it is also insanely complicated wow. and like really convoluted. And I think there were a couple of things that that wasn't quite so clear about what we were supposed to do, but everybody loved the artwork on it oh, I'm because sure. it's all oh, the hand drawn stuff by um, Tracy who does the Lackadaisy game. Uh, webcomic. Yes, which I haven't yeah. taken a look at in ages. Is that still being updated? I think so. I mean, they're right in the middle of making the animated movie, oh. which I am so looking forward to it. Oh my goodness. All the all the test stuff looks amazing. All those little snippets that they've posted are just so... I mean, I love the style of the animation, and I just always love her art as well. Yes. So yeah. after yeah. years and years and years and years of waiting for an ElfQuest game, it is really nice to see a property that I like that promised an animated version is actually moving forward with it. Yes, thank God. Oh, ElfQuest. Ugh. <laughs> we won't talk about that. We've, we've talked about that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, which, by the way, it actually hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> they keep pushing the release date back. Really? I've had the digital PDF for like a month now, but I keep going to Father Tree Holt because I know they're going to have an honest opinion about the final book of, I don't know, Stargazer's Hunt, whatever. Um, yeah, no, they keep on saying, yeah, it's been pushed back. Yeah, it's pushed. Now, I think it's June 9th is when it's supposed to come out. So, I'm like, um, okay. Okay, I guess it's fine. Only other thing I wanted to talk about is I actually got to go to SeaWorld today. Oh. Because my friends uh, Matt and Wade uh, wanted to go and. Matt actually had, it's a thing that SeaWorld does, Matt is a veteran. And so they gave them 
two passes for them and they could get passes to other people and I just happened to be the one who could come along. So the three of us went today to SeaWorld and I got to go on two uh, roller coasters. I got to go on the Manta Ray and the Electric Eel. Oh, wow. And how were they? Terrifying. <laughs> they were so, so freaking scary. Oh, my God. And the worst thing was like the first one, the Manta Ray, which I've been on like six or seven years ago. You don't really see any of the ride as you're in line because it's kind of off and there's like a little awning going over you. It's it's basically a lot of it. You can see, you can hear a little bit of it going on because it's all outdoors, but you don't see a lot. But with the electric eel, the line is under the actual ride. And as you get closer, because what it does is, okay, you know what? I'm going to send you a link. Okay. <laughs> One second. So what I did was me and this is the electric eel, which was the second ride that we went on. And we went on it right before we were going to leave, just me and Wade. And as soon as we got done, we're walking away. And I was like, okay, hang on. Because you can't have your phone or anything with you on the ride. And they have lockers for all your stuff. But as soon as I got my phone, I'm like, one second. And I actually got a video of what this ride looks like. So what you're about to watch is what I filmed after I got off of this ride. And this is what it's like. So you ready? Yep. And all right. And play. No. So you see it goes partway up and then it goes back. Then it goes forward again. And it's so slow going oh, over that geez. top. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Ah. And it was pretty much straight down. Straight down. <laughs> Gracious. And another loop. And then another loop. <laughs> and then it goes forward through the actual entrance area up one more time and then back until it hits in. So. Good Lord. That's horrifying. Yeah. The thing is, is that when you're waiting in line, you know, it... The ride goes forward up a little bit of a hill, and it's that magnetic induction thing, so it starts right away. Went up a hill, and then it goes down backwards and goes back through where you were waiting in line. So you are rushing past all the people going in line, and then it goes forward again. And as we're getting closer, it's going so fast as it's going by. (laughs) Wade, of course, thinks this is all hilarious. He loves rides like this, but I am just getting progressively more freaked out, like to the point where there was this tiny little voice in my head. I was like... Maybe I can just tell him I'm too scared and I don't want to do it. But I couldn't do it. <laughs> and when we got, we finally get into, it took 40 minutes to, until we could actually get into the chairs and we get in and you lock the thing and we pull the bars down and we're waiting for it to start. And I turned to look away and I go, I hate you forever. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny what he pointed out because as we were waiting, at one point I had to count. We're in line for 40 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. The, the actual ride is less than a minute. All that you saw was less, less than, than a minute. Less than a minute. Damn. Oh, and Wade even said something. He's like, you know, anybody can do something like that. I mean, it's like, if you were being tortured, you could handle like a minute of torture, right? And I thought about it. I was like, yeah, you know what? I could. And that actually helped a little bit. To just think of it. just like, if somebody was torturing me, I feel like I could handle 60 seconds. I really do. And it also helps to scream the entire time, which is exactly what I did. I just yelled my head off. My voice is still a little scratchy. I just... Oh my it's it's those bits when you drop when you get the the zero gravity feeling and I feel like I can feel it in my hands like I can't hold on anymore. Oh, I hate that feeling. Oh, oh god. god, I am such a roller coaster wimp and I think that oh, goes yeah. back to you and I going on that the ring of fire at that um oh, the, the fair which was just the circle, just the circle. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have those shoulder harnesses when we were on that. You had a bar, a padded bar in front of you and a freaking seatbelt. And they would like yeah. have you hang upside down. You were literally clinging to that bar to try to keep oh, from falling. Man. I mean, I'm sure 
Well, I mean, honestly, I don't know. Maybe the safety features were just that bad. Maybe you could have fallen if you had let go. I wasn't going to let go. Oh, my God. No, I was holding on for dear life. I mean, all the people, I even had my eyes closed for most of it because I'm just like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't care. You know, but I could feel it when it does that turn up at the top when you go upside down and you are just hanging by the straps. You're like, I mean, there's a there's a big bar over you and then there's other straps and everything on it. And they, it's all seems very safe, but you are literally hanging upside down from those things. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh my God. But I was really glad I did it. And you feel like you've accomplished something afterwards, but dear Lord, dear Lord, that actually the worst one I'd ever seen was the one that it was like a whole long series of rows of seats. And then two humongous bars on the end that would kind of like move it back and forth. And meanwhile, the seats were flipping over and over. And I remember watching that. I swear to God, I was seeing wallets getting flung from that thing, like little bits of paper and like probably people's earrings and things just flying off of them. So yeah, if you guys like roller coasters, uh, more power to you, but I probably won't go on any of them. I have been, it's been a long time since I've been on one. And like I said, I'm glad I went on it, but it's funny because you know, of course, there's Matt's tickets that got us in there, but Matt did not go on any of them. It was just me and Wade. He was like, nope, not, that's not my thing. And that's fine. I also love that on this particular ride, they had these like signs and they would have some of them, I think they had actual examples. Some of them are just pictures, but it's these busted up phones. And the sign said, I know you think your phone is tough, but the ride always wins. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Yeah." laughs> That's a very good PSA right there. Oh, yeah. And they had, you know, lockers where you put your stuff. But right before the ride started, there's a guy with a plastic bin just walking by phones, phones, hats, glasses. I even took my glasses off for that one. And it's so low tech. Everybody just throws their stuff into the bin. And when you get off the ride, he just points you to where you go grab your stuff. I'm like, how many people don't get their phone back after that? That I don't know. That would scare me even more than the ride, I would think. It's like, you mean some total stranger is going to be pawing at my phone? No. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, there were three pairs of glasses in there too. I thought, oh, I'm probably the only person who threw a pair of glasses. No, there were other people who were like, okay, fine, whatever. You know, I had my eyes closed the whole time anyway. Yeah, glasses be pricey, damn it. I'm not flinging that thing from a ride. But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixladygeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries or fan art galleries, whatever we have to Either do one. first. But anyway, all that and more at pixladygeek.com. So next week we will have a Night Vale episode. We actually, we have a Night Vale episode now, but we are trying to do this thing where we do Laura Olympus one week and Night Vale the other. We managed to stay on schedule for one episode and then we got off. Yeah. So we're back on schedule. Let's see how long that lasts. <laughs> <laughs> but one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later.
Elliot Page is playing. I was going to say Vi, but it's not Vi. Uh, Vivian, I think. Vanya, sorry. Yes, Vanya. <laughs> so I'm sending you a link so that you can watch this. Oh, oh, oh. Putting it on the chat. All right. Oh, hang on a second. You pause it? Um, I can't. I think you gave me the um, the Zoom link, not the actual link to the... Oh, duh. You're totally right. <laughs> I was wondering, it's like, it's yeah. reopening Zoom. Yeah, no, that's not what I meant to do. There's a car going by. I'm gonna make sure he's gone. Okay, I guess he's gone. Anyway. Do you have anything else? No, that's it. Okay. Oh, wait. Car. Mm-hmm. Noisy today.